Welcome back. Final hour of the program, and we are glad you are with us. Bill Michael's show continues on. And uh, we will get back to the uh, the Packers stuff and the David Bakhtiari stuff coming up. Uh, but uh, right now, I want to get into uh, our guy, Zach Heilprin, joining us uh, on the hotline to talk a little Badger football. Zach, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Bill. So give me your impression so far from what you've seen, because certainly there's a lot of opt- – I was saying yesterday, this is probably the highest level of optimism for Badger football that I can remember in a long, long time. Maybe going back to the year that the or the, uh, the Badgers started off, I think it was like 6 or 7-0. and oh. They were facing Ohio State. Bielema was the head coach. A ton of optimism at that point for this team to maybe win a championship. This thing, for what he's done and kind of the revitalization of enthusiasm into the program, has been nothing short of amazing. Yeah, the excitement around the program is at a level I've never seen before. I mean, obviously, I've been covering it since 2013, but I've been here in Wisconsin my entire life, and so obviously have followed it quite closely, and I don't recall anything at this level of, like, being in spring. You know what I mean? Like, maybe once you get towards the season, but this is spring, and people are off the charts excited about it. So, uh, what I mean, my biggest takeaways have been, obviously, on the offensive side of the ball where uh, they changed up everything. Uh, and they, they brought in a bunch of new quarterbacks. They got a new offensive, uh, new offensive coordinator, a new offensive system, a bunch of new weapons on the outside. So that's kind of been where my attention has been drawn, and it's been a really, really good spring so far for that group. Uh, Tanner Mordecai, specifically the transfer from SMU, has looked apart almost uh, every practice, and uh, so it's I think the excitement level around it is going to continue to grow um, just based on some of the stuff that we've seen. So let's start, first of all, you talked about Tanner Mordecai and, and what this team kind of looks like right now, the quarterback out of the transfer portal you had talked about. So let's start there. So what does he bring to this team, in your opinion, that we haven't seen in recent past? Well, just straight-up success, right? That's where it starts. I think, it, I mean, 72 touchdowns over the last two years at SMU in that offense, uh, a guy who is, uh, you know, going to be able to, spread the ball around from what I've seen, right? I haven't, I didn't see a ton of him at SMU outside of highlights, but what I've seen from him in, in eight practices, got a, he's got some good accuracy. He puts the ball where, where it needs to be. The ball has rarely been on the ground so far this spring. Um, you know, he's putting the ball where it needs to be for guys to go up and make plays. Um, he's got an element of the ability to pull it down and run when, when it's not there. He's not necessarily a run-first quarterback, but he's got that in his game that if it breaks down, He's going to be able to take off and get you something, which is something Wisconsin hasn't seen for uh, quite some time. Um, and, you know, I think it's just the, the leadership ability of him, too, because he's done it. Uh, you, it's, it's not Graham Mertz talking about being that guy. It's Tanner Mordecai having been that guy, and people can see that. And uh, I think that they latch on to that. And he's clearly the number one quarterback. There is no competition for the job and because um, he's been that good. And it's not something that was just handed to him. He's been that good. And I think everyone, um, I think, is kind of gravitating towards him for that reason. Um, the wide receiver position, because you got to have guys to throw into. And D.K. Bell, Lewis, William, I mean, a lot of the guys coming out of the transfer portal and such. Uh, give me the depth at the wide receiver position that this team now has. It's remarkable, Bill. I'll be honest. Um it's they want they, they have so they have 13 scholarship wide receivers uh, they want to play six to seven of them because they're going to they run so many three wide receiver sets like their 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 main 
offensive position grouping is three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back. And so they're going to be playing a ton of wide receivers. And you mentioned Tim Ray DK, Skyler Bell, and Keontes Lewis. Those guys are the returning guys. But some of the transfer portal guys have been probably the most impressive. The, the most impressive has been Will Pauling, a guy who I don't think anybody was talking about when this whole process ca- happened. He's from Cincinnati, played for Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. He's a little slot guy. He's about 5'10", 5'11", quick as, quick as everything. I mean, he's, I've never seen – I don't think I've seen a guy – with his quickness in the slot at Wisconsin before, he's made so, so many big plays. Um, and it's a, it's a role that is going to be probably featured in this offense with Phil Longo. So he, he has stood out. But C.J. Williams is the other guy, the guy from USC, the former five-star recruit that went there and is now here. He got some te- he got some first-team reps today. Um, he's been working behind Chimray uh, DK. But he had a huge uh, Saturday a few practices ago or a few weeks ago that he just – tearing it up, had a really good practice today. He's uh, he's the type of receiver that every Badger fan has ever always wanted, the, the, the five-star guy with the speed and the size and, and everything to go along with it. CJ's definitely been that. And and perhaps the guy that you know a lot of people were expecting uh, maybe to have the biggest impact out of the portal was, was Bryson Green out of Oklahoma State. Uh, he's been limited with injury so far, um, but I think he's a guy that is going gonna, is gonna to end up having a, a pretty significant role. So, their top six or seven, though, is, is extremely, extremely strong. Um, go, I'll go back to Pauling real quick because they brought him in from Cincinnati, but didn't he recruit him? Wasn't he in Chicago? Wasn't he out of a high school in Chicago, if I'm not mistaken? Ooh, off the top of my head, I don't. That's I do not know okay. that for sure. I remember when he recruited him, and I thought that was kind of a feather in his cap because he went into Chicago where they had not been really that strong getting speedy wide receivers, and I think he pulled him out of Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. If somebody knows, let me know. Yeah, But I think that, is, I think uh, it's where he got him, yeah. He's a, Yeah, so he's he got hurt last year. They were, he had a really good freshman season uh, at Cincinnati, uh, redshirt freshman season, um, and they were expecting him to have a, a much bigger, you know, role. Uh, last year, and then he got hurt. Um, so he's a guy that they, I think they feel really good about. Um, but it, it was a situation you didn't have him um, necessarily last year at all because of the injury. And so for him to come over, yeah, he is from Chicago. So that's a that's a good that's a good call. He's actually from the same high school as um, former Badger receiver Kendrick Pryor. So okay. um, yeah, he's he's an extremely quick kid. Uh, defensively speaking, obviously uh, a new defensive coordinator, uh, and you know this is going to be a new look defense, so to speak. A lot of familiar faces, but uh, give me your thoughts defensively speaking. So uh, it's it's not as intriguing as the offense because the offense is just so much different than anything we've seen at Wisconsin in the last thirty years. But the the defense is going to have a whole bunch of different looks as well. Uh, Mike Trussell is a defensive coordinator, but he has preached him and Fickle actually have preached since they. Since they started, they're going to try and mesh what Wisconsin has done so well for the last decade in that 3-4 and with the defense that they are uh, accustomed to using or have been accustomed to using, uh, which at Cincinnati was a 3-3-5, and Wisconsin obviously had run a 3-4. Now, both uh, Wisconsin wasn't in a 3-3-4 a ton, uh, or excuse me, the 3-4 ton because they just played a bunch of sub-packed defense, but so far we've seen some interesting, interesting combinations. I think a few guys that are going to have uh, huge roles in this defense, or I think we're going to be seeing, you know, opportunities for playmaking is a guy like Hunter Wohler, who is a safety, is out of uh, Muskego, 
but he played, uh, he's a safety, but he's playing a little bit of a hybrid outside linebacker spot that's going to allow him to blitz, going to allow him to stop the run, going to allow him to drop into coverage. They, uh, they've been playing this, this thing they call a quarter, or excuse me, a dollar package, where they have a, an outside linebacker essentially serving as a defensive end. They only have two defensive linemen. It's just they're, they're trying to get the outside linebacker bodies that they recruited so well, uh, like a Daryl Peterson or a TJ Bowlers, or mm-hmm. go on down the line of guys that they've been able to recruit to that position and keep them involved because they have recruited the position so well that they have so many guys on this roster with those type of body types. They're trying to figure out the best way to use them. And so far, uh, I think this is the type of uh, system that we're going to see. But they, what they have, though, is the ability to throw so many different packages at you, so many different versions of something that may look uh, similar, that they're, they're extremely versatile right now. Um, and so it's, it's an exciting time for them, too. How much pressure, defensively speaking, do they have? And I'm not talking about – you know, just to be able to form and say keep up with the offense, but the fact that you lose such a beloved figure in Jim Leonard, uh, who had such a staunch defense for so many years at Wisconsin, if you come in and even though you're maybe scoring more points and looking more offensively apt, if the defense falters, boy, you got a lot of pressure on you as a defensive coordinator at this point, don't you? Yeah, there's a ton. There's a ton, and I think it does help that the head coach is a defensive guy too. Like it, this is this is kind of like. Back to Brett Bielma, where he kind of was able to lean on Paul Crisp, and, and Bielma would, you know, kind of be more of a defensive uh, figure. And now Circle's going to have his hands in a whole bunch of different things, but his defensive background, I think, is going to help in this. But you're right, Jim Leonard was bluffed, and I don't think there would have been, there would not have been a ton of people extremely, extremely upset had he gotten the head coaching job. And I know most of the team would have been just fine with it if that had been what had happened. Um, Mike Trussell is a different guy, a much different guy than um, Jim Leonard. However, uh, he is uh, being himself here, right? And he has, to, he has to coach defense and put together a defense the way that he knows best how, and he can't try and be Jim Leonard, and he's not. Um, is there pressure on them? Absolutely. Are they talking about that pressure? Absolutely not. Um, you know, they. Uh, this is going to be a really tough, task I think for the defense because the offense is going to be going faster we, we know I, I'm not saying Wisconsin defense is down has been dominant for, for much of the last decade at least part of it is the ability to keep the other team off the field um, and Wisconsin has done that really well on offense you're not going to be uh, winning the time of possession battle nearly as much as you have in the past I think with this offense everything's going to be going quick so the defense is going to be on the field more it's going to be more opportunities for the other offense to make big plays so yeah there's a ton of pressure and if it starts going the wrong way or if, you know, you're getting into shootouts and you're winning 51-48, um, there's, there's going to be talk. But um, it's, it's not an overly fair comparison between the two, and yet it's exactly what we're probably going to do. Talking with Zach Heilprin, at Zach Heilprin, over on Twitter, the sports director, WOZN, The Zone out in Madison. What is the enthusiasm level? I mean, there's obviously a lot of uh, anticipation for the season, but with a new head coach, new staff, New look, new attitude, I mean, all that kind of stuff, not to mention the transfer portal has just turned on and the spigot has run extremely hard and fast. What is the uh, what is the atmosphere like right now as they practice at Camp Randall? I mean, it's, it's high tempo. I mean, everything this team does, everything, everything this team does is fast. They, they, what the, they changed the workout program this offseason uh, to increase the tempo. They have they train speed-wise more so than, than strength-wise. They train... Uh, there's, there's no, uh, they never like 
conditioned, you know, dating and conditioning, like in their, their winter workouts, they do conditioning during practice. That's how fast everything is going. Guys are running everywhere. So the, the excitement within the team is there. I was talking to a, a guy that just committed for their class of 2024, a guy out of South Dakota. And I was asking him, because he was on campus for a visit last weekend. And I just asked him, like, you tell the excitement around this program. Can recruits tell? Is there a difference? Because he came in um, November to the Minnesota game. And obviously, the game itself didn't play out great. But uh, he, that was the, the former staff. And he said, just it's night and day compared from what it was previously to now, the excitement among players, among uh, future players, among potential recruits, among the staff. It's just at a completely different level. And um, I think we've seen that in the fan base. I think we've seen that among media. It's just completely different, Bill. And I, the, the, I've never felt or seen anything like it um, at Wisconsin. And they haven't won a game yet. They haven't played a game yet. But it's, it's something different. And I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, next Saturday looks like. They're hosting their, their launch. They're calling it the launch, uh, which is essentially their spring game, but it's not going to be a game. It's just going to be a practice. But they're expecting, you know, that usually that thing draws like less than 5,000 people, or it has. I think they're expecting, you know, 15, 20, maybe even more than that, 1,000 people wow. come out. And if that happens, yeah. then we'll, we'll know exactly how where the excitement level is. Yep, no doubt. Zach, always good, man. I appreciate the update, and we'll talk again soon, okay? All right, sounds good, Bill. Thanks. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Zach Heilprin, sports director, WOZN, The Zone out in Madison, giving us a lowdown as to what's going on with Luke Fickle's crew as the Wisconsin Badgers gear up for the launch uh, on Saturday. And it will be uh, – I remember at Ohio State, I mean, it was almost a sold-out shoe for the Scarlet and Gray game, uh, which has been such a, you know, a staple at Ohio State for such a long period of time. And you always kept thinking, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine thousand at Camp Randall. You're like, ah, oh, God, you wish I'd draw more. And this has created, as as he stated, a lot of genuine excitement that is starting to build. And you hope that 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 excitement is rewarded in not only wins, but then the optimism for more, which is what the uh, the the organization is striving for. And I. I really believe they're on the right track. I, I think this has been a good hire from the very beginning, so we we shall see. But I man, I've I've got my fingers crossed for for this uh for this staff, no doubt. Uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hey, our friends over there at J and L Tire and Service Center. It's just where I got my car back. I told you last week. Took it out. I had some issues. I only had about 20,000 miles on my tires. It just didn't sound right. And it didn't sound like there was a bearing or something. It just sounded weird. It was a lot of road noise. And they said, yep, the tires that were on there, just there was one tire in the in the driver's side rear that was a little bit off. So because that tire, those tires came as a set, they replaced all of them. And it gave me a terrific, terrific price because of the warranty that was on them. Uh, I think I only paid like $132. It was It was awesome. And it, it, it's never it's never driven better since the day I bought it. It hasn't driven this good, and it's it's unbelievable service. And I now I've got brand new tires for the entire next couple of summers and travel and all that kind of good stuff. And it's all because they took care of me at uh, J and L Tire and Service Center uh, on Highway uh, 26 and 94, just uh, north of 94 at the Johnson Creek exit. Otherwise, up in Watertown as well. But they're great people and they're philanthropic. That's the best part about it. They continue to give back to the community. So if you want honest service, if you want a great product, great prices, and somebody who gives back, all of those things, check the boxes when you talk about J and L Tire and Service Center. And whether it's your uh, a minivan driving around with all the kids 
kids heading off to baseball or you're delivering a big rig full of products in the back end of your semi, they can handle both. They have facilities for both right there. J&L Tire and Service Center, uh, I-94, the Johnson Creek exit just north. You can't miss it. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. They have uh, they'll have the Brewers game on for sure, and uh, they'll have some of the NBA and the uh, play-in tournament and stuff. Also, the uh, Pig Porker sandwich and the pizzas and the wraps are all fantastic. Dart leagues out there as well, but uh, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill right there on Lakeview Boulevard in Pewaukee Lake. Going and see Ryan and his staff; they are just terrific, terrific people. But uh, it's just a great place, and especially on a night like tonight when the weather's nice, you can sit outside on that deck. I love that deck out there; it just overlooks the lake. Awesome stuff. So, and it's higher up too, so it overlooks the neighborhood and the decks as well. But that's Curly Water, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill, right there on the uh, the lakefront of Pewaukee Lake. Stop in and uh, and uh, get yourself something good, without a doubt. Um, I want to go back to. Uh, oh, by the way, our guy Ernie said there is only uh, three foursomes remaining for the Bill Michaels outing. The Bill Michaels Open. On Saturday, May 6th, in Viroqua, there's only three uh, three foursomes left. I think he said there's 42, 32 foursomes. Uh, they have three foursomes remaining. Uh, so, so if you want to give them a shout, uh, 608-637-7615, uh, because it's going to sell out. So if you've been thinking about it, mulling it over, even if you're just a single or just you and a buddy, uh, you and a significant other, spouse, friend, whatever, uh, you want to come out and play, then they can pair you up with another twosome and make it a foursome. But uh, the Bill Michaels Open Saturday, May 6th, Viroqua Hills Golf Course. Call them 608-637-7615. 608-637-7615. Ask for Ryan, and they'll uh, they'll get you in. But uh, there's only a few spots left out there uh, for the Bill Michaels Open. So there you go. Um, I want to go back to the discussion regarding David Bakhtiari. And uh, I could, because I'm uh, there's there's a lot of this stuff that's that's coming in right now, and, and I want to get into that. So before I go back to the phones and talk to Tony and Mel and everybody else, Bak- David Bakhtiari on the Busting with the Boys podcast, when asked about Aaron Rodgers traded to the Jets, will he be traded to the Jets, the team, and all that kind of stuff, re- just got to listen close because he talks fast. This is what he had to say. Take a listen. The Packers are rebuilding, whether you think so or not. They don't like. They, could they be good? I don't know. Could they be bad? Probably. If you're betting, more people are going to think they're going to be bad than good, mm-hmm. right? Isn't mm-hmm. that fair to say? So then they'll be like, "Well, we're going to suck anyways. We want what we want, and we're not going to bend anyone. So we'll just eat it. Fair. Sell and retire. We'll pay you. We don't care because we're going to. If we're going to do it our way, it's going to be on our terms. If not, we're, what are we like? We're, we're going to be Super Bowl contenders anyway. So we'll eat it. You can hang on the side, pay your money, and then we'll suck anyways. Get the picks. As compared to dealing him but for you, something that you shouldn't have, you could potentially look like an idiot to not only president and the board, but everyone else around the league. Thinking from the GM's perspective yourself on the hot seat and then potentially have your job come call to questions there you go so 
when he talks about, well, we're going to suck anyway and all that kind of stuff, he's talking as, as if it's from the general manager's perspective. If they do or do not get the deal done for Aaron Rodgers, where, they'll, where they will end up falling via the draft and such next year. Now, uh, two things that I think stood out uh, to probably uh, a lot of people. One is the fact that he talks about the Packers in the sense of will they – or will they not? Will they be good? Will they be bad? As if he's distanced himself from the team in some way, shape, or form. It's just a weird, for a guy that's a part of the team, it usually would be, will we suck? Will we be good? I don't know. But he chose the word, will they? So I, I get it. It's semantics. But if you're inclusionary in something, then you would talk about it as, I'm a part of this. Uh, he does not. So that. I understand. And then the other aspect of it is that <laughs> there is no backup at all to, first of all, he talks about it being rebuilt, which is, I, I don't think so, but he clearly does. He said, let's make no mistake about it. Let's not fool ourselves. It's, we're in a rebuild. Um, did he say we're or there? The Packers. Rebuild. The Packers are. The Packers. Are, the Packers are rebuild. Or rebuild. Packers are in a rebuild. Okay, because I was going to say he distanced himself there too, so that was one other aspect of this. But he's and, and I said, well, I'm thinking to myself, the offensive line is pretty much the same. The running backs are the same. Uh, yeah, the tight end position and the addition of wide receivers that'll be different. But oh, it's going to be better if anything. It, you would assume it would be, yeah, you would assume that would be at least better. Now they're they're only down to, what, five, I think, right now. They need to bring in about seven more wide receivers. But um, your defense is, for the most part, going to be the same, and you're going to get the return of Sean Gary. You're going to get the return eventually of Stokes. Um, you know, you don't have Adrian Amos. You cut a few guys that were kind of like trimming the dead wood, so to speak, or the average wood to try to upgrade. But for the most part, you know, you still got Kenny Clark, you still got Myers, you still got Runyon, you still got Elton Jenkins, still got Bakhtiari, you still got, you know, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. I mean, it, it, you've still got all the same faces. I don't think it's a rebuild. A rebuild means you're blowing out just everybody that's a veteran that's making any kind of money and scrapping it and starting over, and that's not where they're at. So for him to say that, it, it's a little, I guess, for some is and for myself is disconcerting, you know? Can I give you a good word that I think describes all this, Bill? Yeah, go ahead. I just think it's weird. I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. I don't think he means to directly say that he thinks the team will suck or he has no faith. I don't, on the other hand, think that he is very, very angry about the Rodgers thing. Like, he probably understands that it's a business, and he's obviously very well compensated you, you, for the business you that do, it is. You, you do think that he's angry or don't think that he's angry? I mean, I'm sure there's a small part, but I don't think that's what's driving this. I just think it's weird. I think his wording and the phrasing is a bit odd. I, that I agree. And it could it's be something, odd. and it could be nothing, but I don't think it's clear enough to distinctly say either way. Right. Um, it's. I agree with you. It's a very odd choice of words. And I go back to when I started to think about this, I thought, well, he just restructured his deal. So did he restructure his deal thinking that Aaron Rodgers was coming back? So I'm making room for my guy 
And to add pieces for my guy to be successful or I'm playing football, I'm making making a lot of money, I'm just restructuring my deal, you know, yeah, I know what's going on, it sucks, you know, whatever. I mean, I did he, you know, there's so many questions there. I'd, I'd love to sit down with him for 30 minutes and I say, okay, I, I need to understand this. You don't have to give me the details of the conversation, but did you know prior to Rogers going into the darkness that he was 90%, as he stated, going to retire? So when you were restructuring your deal, did you know he was leaning towards retirement? Okay. So when he comes out, did you talk to him? Did you talk to him and, and find out if he and the Packers were in communication? You know, and again, you don't need to tell us the details of the conversation, but there's there, there's a there's a big gap of this lack of information. I, I guess because we're all trying to assess blame or, or trying to figure out the process by which this went from point A, which was let's let Aaron get a little time to himself. Uh, walk away after the Detroit loss, and then we'll come back and reconvene to Rodgers coming out of the darkness saying, uh, I went in 90% ready to retire, come out, I find out they're shopping me, I'm going to, I'm going to the Jets. There, there, there's, there's just gaps of information. And now you've got an esteemed vet who has basically stated in, in weird terminology, they and the Packers, rather than inclusionary verbiage that says he's a part of this it, it's 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 a it's just a little strange that's all eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy let's go to tony listening to us in sussex tony how you doing today man what's going on hi bill nice show thank you it sounds it sounds to me that he was speaking like almost like speaking for the packers while how he um is you know how he sees them thinking. Um, if, if I'm wrong, then he might as well pack his bags, too, as far as I'm concerned with that. I don't like his attitude. I mean, my God, he's been out so much. It's, it's been ridiculous what we're paying this guy. He should be talking a whole different game, getting behind a new quarterback, whatever. You know, he doesn't need to air that stuff out so that, you know, to call disharmony anything on the team. Um, I don't know. I just, it's not a good look. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, he's, it's not like he played all 16 games last year and, and, right. you know, and he was, he was with us, you know, he's been, he's been on injured reserve. He couldn't get on the field. Okay. So mm-hmm. me telling him, shut, shut up, dude, you know, shut up and play and back this team. You know, it's like, you know, what we were supposed to do, bend over backwards, do backflips for Aaron Rodgers, even though, you know, we, we had to play this game every year with him. I mean, I don't know. That's yeah. just the whole thing ticks me off. It really does. No, I, I, I get it. I, I think you, know, uh, you would rather listen to a guy making a lot of money saying, I'm all in, whatever happens, happens, and I'm, I'm going to support who's ever under center as opposed to kind of distancing himself in some of the odd verbiage, as Ben pointed out, that, that makes it sound like he's not a part of this. Uh, I agree with you. I appreciate it. Uh, this one, real quick, I agree with Packers running back Aaron Jones doesn't view his contract restructuring as a pay cut. He said the 28-year-old wanted to be in Green Bay. He's willing to do whatever's necessary. Uh, He said, this is still the most I've ever made and still has me as the second highest paid uh, for the back. So I matched up with the market. 
Uh, I didn't want to be greedy. I am a team player, Aaron Jones says. I want to help the team and help them uh, get as many guys in here as we can. So if this means freeing up a little bit of money, then that's what I'm going to do. Completely different than what you're hearing from, say, the Rogers side, Bakhtiari side and such, where Aaron Jones, those are his words. Again, this is still the most I've ever made. Still, to me, I'm the second highest paid for the back, so I matched it up with the market. I didn't want to be greedy. I'm a team player. I want to help the team and help me help them get as many guys in here so we can. And if that means freeing up a little bit of money, then that's what I will do. And he is now tagged with Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook in the $11 million in total salary. His cap number is just below nine, ranks 11th among running backs. And uh, that is from Aaron Jones different take on that note hang in there i know we've got people on hold chris and mel and everybody else hang in there we got a lot more of the bill michael show coming up um I'm, i want to follow up on all of this because i think it's extremely interesting this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at uh, the cruise planners now land and cruise vacations and if you're thinking about getting out and just taking a quick weekend getaway they can help you if you want the trip of a lifetime and you're looking at it going oh my god i can't afford it well they finance that's the, that's the best part or say it's a cruise for the next year put down a little bit now book your reservations pay as you go that type of thing it, there's so many different ways to book the cruise or trip or land vacation or all-inclusive or whatever it may be that you've always wanted to do or still want to do. Call my buddy Kirk, 262-344-0697, anywhere in the U.S., 262-344-0697, 262-344-0697. That's Cruise Planners, Land and Cruise Vacations. Call them today. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bag it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bag it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bag it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Welcome back. Good to have you. Hey, here for our friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. They are uh, out there in uh, the Oconomowoc area. And uh, Boondocks, uh, they also had a big big weekend with the uh, the Easter brunch. They had a fantastic sh- turnout for all of that. Uh, now the patio is open. The outside is open, which we all have the sunshine and such. Come out to Boondocks, and uh, they have opened up the beautifully renovated patio. Uh, and that all starts today, as a matter of fact. Four o'clock today, they open up the patio. That just happened. And like I mentioned, their Easter brunch was fantastic. But they have a beautiful, newly renovated whole front end of that uh, that business. That uh, the patio doors, uh, everything is now open. They're building across the street as well. So a lot of good stuff going on at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews on County Road K in Oconomowoc. You can call them, 262-727-7255 for all the information. But uh, the patio is now open today starting at 4 o'clock. So swing on in. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and, uh, you know, kind of commenting on the words of David Bakhtiari who was on the Bustin' with the Boys uh, podcast. And uh, let's go to uh, Mel listening to us in Brown Deer. Mel, how are you doing today? What's going on? Good unit. What's happening? It is an honor, an honor to be on with you. Uh, listen, I, um, uh, I I bring it a little differently. Um, you know, Bakhtiari is talking about his best friend ever. 
not only his best friend, but a guy he thinks walks on water. So he's talking emotionally. He's talking in support of Aaron Rodgers. But the reality is uh, there's a point in there where he says that they dealt him. They did not deal him. Aaron uh, decided to go to New York. So he's just emotional. He doesn't want to play with uh, Love because he wants to play with Aaron Rodgers. But that ship has sailed. Uh, I agree with Tony that, you know, if he's not 100% behind Aaron Love, uh, 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 Mr. Love, uh, move on. You know, uh, decide to go to New York yourself. Do something else. We need you be, to be committed to Aaron Love uh, going forward. Um, I appreciate the phone call. I, uh, and, and thanks for thanks for taking a listen. There's a couple of things. Yeah, that's Rodgers. Rodgers is his guy. There's no doubt about it, which is why the, the as Ben put it, it's weird or odd, the choice of words that David Bakhtiar used when in referring to the team as they, Packers, rather than he, and, and being a part of that group. Uh, John, I think, brings up a good point. He said, did it sound like Bakhtiari's words that he thinks, quote, the deal is done, sounded like he thought that Goody would hang on and get value or no deal at all before he would lose his job. Um, it sounded like, yeah, it, it sounded like there's something that's in place, but they're going to hang on for what they can get and what they feel, you know, what it sounded to me like what everybody feels Rogers is worth. There's a deal in place but the Jets are lowballing, in his opinion, the Packers. So Goody is not going to come off of his demand. So he would rather hang on to Rodgers and pay him and, as he put it, suck and then get better draft choices than let him go for what is considered to be an undervalued draft choice uh, and then ultimately lose his job rather than just let him go. It sounds like they – to put it in Aaron Rodgers' terminology, have dug their heels in. And, again, I don't have a problem with that. You get, you get the most for the guy you believe is a commodity, and that's what Gudikin said. Now, I think cooler heads prevail, and as he stated, I mean, even Bakhtiari said that he believes the deal gets done. But it's just how long will it take and what is the ultimate value actually going to be? Let's go to Chris listening to us in Oshkosh. Chris, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Bill? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're right on there. Uh, you kind of broke it down little bit by little as how we talked. It's tricky because I don't think that Bakhtiari is that wrong in terms of Gudekunst. Um, I, I mean, I think he's good. He kind of is going to get what he deserves out of this. We all, I think you and me both believe they drafted him too early. They should have, you know, never got in on the love thing in the first place. So this is sort of the reckoning. And, and, and so I, I think, I think David can talk strongly like that. Um, however, he is doing himself a bit of a disservice if he were to stay with the Packers. I do believe after hearing this, to me, it's, to me, it's literally 99% that he is actually involved in this trade. And I know you say that you know financially they can't pull it off, but I believe it's going to be players involved that are going to we're going to take back Corey Davis. I think he's like thirteen million. That'll swap money. There's going to be some veterans. There's going to be some players involved here. 
It, it does sound, and appreciate the phone call, Chris. It does sound like it sounds like. Well, it, it just it again going back to what Ben said, and we've used the term weird or odd. It sounds like Bakhtiari has separated himself from the team. Are the Packers going to be good? Are they going to be bad? I don't know. Are they going to be good? Are they going to be bad? I, you know, the Packers this, the Packers that. It's not we. The Packers are in a rebuild. They're in a rebuild. Make no mistake about it. It sounds like he's not on the team anymore. And I think that's the first thing that I I sensed when listening to this was like he sounds like he's not even a part of this team. Did he? Does he know? Does he? Is he a part of the trade? I think we all kind of looked at each other and went. You know, kind of like that Scooby-Doo look, like, what? Uh, what? Because, you know, and again, I go back to he restructured his deal. What part of that played into this, if anything? Maybe we're just reading too much into it. Also, maybe it's just way we're on such a, a, a much, because of all of this, we're on such a deeper level that maybe there's just no there there and we're simply – just trying to maybe read something that isn't there. I, I, I don't know. But it certainly does to, to, to all of you that are trying. And this is Ben and Patty and Patrick and Mark. And I'm just kind of scrolling through all the I, every Kevin, everybody has kind of said the same thing. Does it sound like Bakhtiari is no longer on the team? And it, it that language, the choice of that language does make it sound that way, which is rather interesting. Um you know, now we'll now we'll see. Um, uh, yeah, Mister uh, Mister Duckskin says kind of like kind of sounds like Bakhtiari was referring to the Packers in the past tense, just like Rogers. Maybe he is also part of this deal, uh, which a lot of people and a lot of speculation over on the uh, on the live stream are are saying that. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to come back, take a quick break, and then uh, we'll kind of wrap things up. Coming up next, this portion of the program. If you're going to be head at, heading out, Pewaukee. Uh, into that Lake Country area. Oh, don't forget about our friends at the Sunset Grill. They've got uh, they've got bingo coming up tonight. Sunset Grill with bingo on the lake on Prospect Avenue in Pewaukee. Sunset Grill. Stop in. Tell them we said hi. More of the Bill Michael Show. Wrapping it up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. Glad you're on board. Hey, our friends of the Milwaukee Admirals, they continue to win. They just knocked off the Rockford Ice Hogs 5-1 the other night. They got the Wild coming up uh, tomorrow uh, down at the U.S. Uh, um, or excuse me, uh, UW Panther Arena. And then they've got the Chicago Wolves coming to town as well this weekend, along with the Stone Temple Pilots this Friday. Friday, April 14th, Stone Temple Pilots after-game concert. So uh, after you get the rival Chicago Wolves, you get the Stone Temple Pilots, and they still have some tickets available for that. But uh, Stone Temple Pilots after-game concert coming up this Friday night, this Friday night, and it uh, should be a good one. But if you want tickets, you want individuals, you want more than that, whatever it happens to be, and start getting your postseason tickets, go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's Milwaukee Admirals. Dot com. Um, 
The uh, Jason says, uh, I'm just uh, making comments uh, in general, but if Jordan Love bothered Aaron Rodgers so much, wouldn't he be uh, inconsolable? He agreed to a three-year, $150 million deal. On the flip side of things, where would Green Bay be if they hadn't drafted Jordan Love? Oh, I I think, um, and, and I've said this before, that I think the whole Jordan Love thing threw a monkey wrench in a whole deal. So I'm, you know. Where would they be? I think we'd be in a much, much different place at this point in time. I know it's a short segment, but, Ben, we have to take a look at what we missed today. Very importantly, Bill, uh, lost in all of this David Bakhtiari talk. Yes. The headline of the day. Did you ever watch, and not to completely pivot away from something that is also starting to become a Twitter discussion out there. Did you ever watch Firefest? the Netflix documentary. No, I never did. So it was about Billy McFarlane, and it was a fake music festival that they took all this money for. All the people flew out there, and then it was nothing. So whenever you talk about something being a colossal failure, it's it's a fire fest. Well, a headline reads, Billy McFarlane, a year out of prison, says fire fest 2 is now happening. Oh, my God. He's apparently planning another one. Uh, uh, another what? Another scam? <laughs> well, another fire fest. It, yeah. it depends how you read the words. Like right. I don't know if he can get Ja Rule on this one too, but right? Yeah, that was that. It was going to be on an island, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he got and everyone it, out there, and they ran out of water. Amongst yeah. Other nothing. Things. Nothing happened. And oh yeah, so Fire Fest two, which has got to be better than Fire Fest one. <laughs> I kind of like it. Like uh, under promise, over deliver. Isn't this the definition of it? Uh, Yeah. um, It. It. I don't think he. Well, then again, you know, there's going to be a lot of kids that are going to say, "Hey, let's go to an island and party and listen to music." So if he says it, we'll see if it actually happens. But I can't believe that they would get a lot of people to throw their money at this guy again, because a lot of people lost money. Yes, it would be. It wasn't like you were getting your money back. I mean, he. They. They all lost all their money. I think people still will. You would yeah. you'd be surprised at how stupid people with a lot of money can be. Uh, here's an either or for you. I know how you like these. So the Tampa Bay Rays moved to ten and zero last night with a one nothing win over the Red Sox. They haven't really played anybody of note. Most of the teams they played were thought to be quite bad entering the season. So it's a true what are they going to do in conference play type of situation, like in the mm-hmm. SEC. Right. Do the Rays lose a game first, or does Christian Yelich hit his first, uh, second home run? Um. Oh, they'll lose a game first. They'll lose a game first. I don't know. They'll lose a game first. That could happen tonight, but Yelich could go deep yeah. tonight. That's the beauty. Yelich yep. has a homer. Yep. The Rays haven't lost yet. Yeah. They. Yeah. No. They'll, the Rays will lose a game first. Yelich, it's going to be another eight, nine games before he hits another home run. Or he could get on one of those streaks where he gets two or three and then goes a month without hitting one. So I'm going to say the Rays will lose a game first before Christian Yelich hits a home run. That's, well, that's just me. They play the Diamondbacks and the Padres, and none of those teams are named the Reds. So right. I have a hard time seeing that happening <laughs> in the next right. couple of days. Right. Uh and then finally, the Orioles, who, by the way, are somewhat pesky this year. This kid, Adley uh-huh. Rutschman, their, their catcher, 
could right. could get MVP votes when it's all said and done. He's incredible. They uh, so he went deep last night. They debuted a new beer bong home run celebration, which is they're referring to it as some sort of funnel, not directly related to a beer bong, but that's what it is. So put that up nice. against the cheese head and see which one you like more. Okay, I like that. Is is that the one where the beer bong runs like a whole section? Starts up at the top of the no, section that's a and snake. goes all the way down? Okay. No, no, a beer bong is when you have, I mean, oh, it's, it's family okay. show. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's when you okay. pour the beer gotcha, down gotcha. the funnel. Roll right, water. Right. Family show. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, there you have it. <laughs> Good stuff. That'll do it for us today, man, a lot. Uh, thanks to everybody for chiming in, everybody on the live stream as well. Thanks to all of you for watching the program. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Time for us to go. Have a going. Boop.